Welcome back to the Masculine Feminine Podcast, uh, where number one, we are here to learn, and number two, we are trying to push the counter-narrative to all toxic masculinity and femininity. Yes. My name is Grant Kettering, and here with me I have Langston Matthews. Hello, hello. Happy to be here. And hopefully he will continue being here. Uh... This is just going to be a little introduction to Langston, uh, talking to him about, you know, how this fits into his world, how it's affected him, just a little bit of his backstory. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to share. It's something that has, uh, I don't know, it's affected me pretty heavily in my life. I don't know, the idea of masculinity and... From a young age? That, yeah, from a, from, from a young age, since I was, since I was, like, before the age of 10, like, since I was a child. Uh, anything in particular? Um, I think it started out with just certain mannerisms that I had when I was a kid, and, like, certain things that I was, like, kind of into or wanted to do, and that weren't, like didn't fit in with the typical, like, boy my age, so... And you immediately felt that? I mean, yeah, it came kind of from, um, my parents and the community, the, like, faith community that I was a part of. Sure. Um, my siblings, I don't know, my cousins, just... People who I was around, like, people in school, like, right. I don't know. I just, I always knew that I was kind of, like, I didn't fit the mold of what a typical boy was. And did you have any sort of coping mechanisms, or, um, or did you feel like you needed that? Um... I would say that when I was younger, it was more so about throwing myself into my faith. Like, that was Mm -hmm. a big part of my life when I was younger, before the age of, like, 18 or so. Uh Um, Basically, I grew up in a non-denominational Christian home. Mm -hmm. Um, both my parents are extremely religious. My dad is a deacon in our church. And, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like growing up in that world, it's like, it doesn't make it super easy to not fit the norm of, um, what people expect from you as a young boy or a young girl or a, I don't know, whatever you, do you, whatever think, you see yourself as or whatever that community sees you as. Right. Um, do you think a lot of it had to do with your sexuality or uh, do you think it would have been that way regardless? 
Um, so I feel like it, a lot of it does have to do with my sexuality, but I feel like that came into play later, like around when I hit puberty, around like 11 or 12. Sure. But I think that just like my mannerisms as a kid, like the things that I was interested in as a kid uh-huh. didn't really line up with... Um, like, the things that boys wanted to do. Like, I didn't care about, like, going out and playing football or, like, uh-huh. um, I don't know, sh- playing, like, shoot 'em up video games and stuff. I was, like, this is kind of funny. I was, like, I don't know. Like, I wanted to play with, like, horses and, like, Barbies <laughs> and, like, sure. like, brush their hair and, like, like write yeah. with gel pens. I don't know why, yeah. but writing with gel pens was something that I got a lot of flack for. For for some reason, I think that people thought it was like a super feminine thing. But I was like, these pens are cool. No, yeah, I think it was a little bit that way in our elementary school as well. I mean, I feel like uh, the boys also had it, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, that's just one thing that stood out for me. That's something that I. Think sure, of, sure. But like, yeah, that's a good example. I also think of remember when you were a kid. I actually they probably still do this, but at McDonald's they have like the boys' happy meal and the girls' happy meal. Oh really? There's like actually like a yeah, thing? like like the happy meal, like the toys that they give you. Like they have like usually when I was a kid, it was either like boys had Hot Wheels or girls had like Barbie dolls. Yeah. And I was like, my parents would never ever. I was like, I want the Barbie doll because I like wanted to like brush its hair or some shit sure oh sorry I forgot don't curse on no, this you podcast can, you can curse if you want to um I might I'll clean up my language <laughs> I promise <laughs> if you if you drop any f-bombs I might okay bleep it out um but yeah when you're a kid and you got a happy meal from McDonald's uh-huh. you got a boy's toy or a girl's toy and I my parents were like no you're getting the boy's toy just for For no absolute, like, real reason. I mean, obviously, they wanted to reinforce, like, masculine characteristics in me. But then I would go to McDonald's with my grandma, and she, like, didn't care at all. She was like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) And, like, I don't know. So, a lot of what we've been struggling with is what exactly is toxic masculinity. Would you say that that in itself is what makes it toxic? That your parents are kind of, like making you feel a certain way because right like we would obviously we would agree that um you wanting to have barbie dolls and that kind of thing is not a bad thing that's just who you are and what you wanted to do yeah yeah i was a kid i didn't know the difference and we i think we would also both agree that there's nothing wrong with young boys playing with hot wheels no and enjoying that kind of stuff playing football and whatnot that's totally fine, sure, if that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. So where it becomes toxic would be when they're trying to force you into that masculinity that you don't identify with. Exactly. and I. Or am I reading into it? No, no, that's, I think that's very, um, that's like hitting the nail on the head because I, like, at that age, I wasn't even aware of, like, I mean, those experiences made me aware sure. of what was acceptable and what was unacceptable as far as what a young man does. And it, it also, like, it perpetuated itself in other ways, too. Like, there's, like, I don't know. In my faith community, there were, like, certain roles that young men had and certain roles that, like, young girls had. 
Right. And um, I don't know. It was sort of like enforced upon you to become like sort of like a leader in your in your church or like uh-huh. working in different parts of the service whereas girls were seen as more so like teachers or helpers or like cooks you know what I mean yeah, so it was yeah. like very definitely um the more conservative ideas of yeah yeah what those gender roles are Within the Christian faith, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I think that faith has a lot to do with it. I think that also... Um, I think that race has a lot to do with it. I'm sure, sure. you can't tell because you're not seeing me, but I am an African-American male. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> <I'm out. laughs> um, but I think that uh, in... In, within the black community, I think that masculinity takes on, um, I don't want to say different, but uh, yeah, different. Masculinity takes on a, a, maybe a different ideal or archetype. Sure. Masculinity has a different archetype in the, in, within the black community. And, um, I, and I would assume basically a different archetype for any different race yeah yeah um, if any different i feel like any different culture like right, i mean yeah culture is probably a better word for yeah it. yeah um but yeah i mean i i don't i don't know just even even if you look at like media and stuff like that mm-hmm. i think that um the black male is sort of shown to be extremely it's really interesting because it's kind of it kind of goes in two different directions because it's kind of like the black man is seen as like this very like tough masculine like yeah. strong um almost to the point of violent kind of well especially with like hip-hop being like a very um as like nowadays with hip-hop being so uh, in the media so often and mm-hmm. like that hip hop is like definitely a yeah conversation that we'll have to have at some point <laughs> yeah yeah i think that i think that music is definitely a huge thing that we need but, to talk about but, with this podcast yeah i know i know what you mean like the tough uh misogynistic uh yeah like rapper the typical well, yeah like thing like i don't know like the gangster, you know. Right, I mean? yeah. Okay. But, um... And the other one is, would be... And then, on the other hand, um, within... At least in the way that it's portrayed, I feel like a lot of times... I feel like typically men, with throughout most societies, are seen as, like, the leaders of their households. Mm-hmm. But then, um, in media, and sometimes even like statistically in real life i'm using air quotes right now because i don't know the statistics but statistically within the black community black men are absent as fathers so like they aren't seen as like leaders within their families they're seen as you know like i don't know what you would describe it as i get the i don't know like kind of like bad father like not a part of his family unit kind of thing like leaves a woman with a kid and doesn't 
that that narrative isn't at all what I experienced. My parents are so happily better. married yeah. and very like like I don't know. My I think whenever I think of like great masculine role models, I still like think of my dad. I don't know. I think sure. that like he he did a really good job with like raising my brother and I and being supportive and mm-hmm. you know. So then moving forward um, past your childhood, uh, how did you feel? Did things start to change in like high school or? Um, um, I was as, actually, as yeah, when you asked me to do this podcast, I thought about this for a long time. And when I was like first experiencing any idea of like a non um non-heteronormative narrative for my sexuality and my life uh-huh. style. I don't know. I don't I don't think lifestyle is the right word because I feel like that's a word Could that be. people use to like demean um not straight <laughs> people, not not heteronormative people. Yeah. Um but um Oh okay yeah I know what you mean. Okay. Yeah. Yeah like it's, it's not like a lifestyle. Yeah, it's it's like, like who living, you are. Yeah, it's like you're living the gay lifestyle. Yeah. Which is usually like a bad connotation of being like promiscuous and... Yeah, yeah. All and that like, weird stuff. Yeah. And, um... But, yeah, when I... The first... is really funny and actually, like, makes complete sense. But the first time that I really experienced... Um, anything outside of the norm as far as attraction or anything uh-huh. was with my oh god I don't, I don't, I've never said this recorded before and I'm very interested to see who listens to this <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out. but with like my um, like one of my youth pastors as a kid like I I don't know probably around the age of like I don't know how old were you in 7th grade like 10, 12. Maybe, maybe not even. 12, yeah, around that age. I was like 11 freshman year, I think. Freshman year of high school? Yeah, I think so. I was, I was 14. I was 13. I was 13, no, I was 14 my freshman year of high school. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe I was like 12. I was young for my grade though. Anyway, okay. anyway. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> I don't, yeah. <laughs> But uh, when I was about middle school age, yeah, when I was around twelve, sure, I I remember my first like heartbreaking like cry myself to sleep at night like crush mm-hmm. was on Damn. someone in my like so you got church. to experience that I yeah never, I never had one of those I had yeah I mean. <laughs> Because thinking I was, back on it, I, I was like, wow, to. that was so stupid and lame, but like, not like at the time, it was like super, like, devastating, or you know, like, yeah, yeah. And for like on two levels, because it's like, it's now, like the typical devastation of like, oh, I really like this person, I think that they're really cool, but uh, like, they'll never want to be with me because, like, I don't know, whatever their age, they're whatever they're doing, but then also the like 
I don't know, the, like, shame that you feel of, like, being, having the same-sex attraction within, uh, growing up in a, in a household where that is frowned upon or that's seen as, like, a... a, faith-based. Yeah. Uh, conservative. So that was, like, the first time that I... Like, I had had other attractions before that, or, like, had other thoughts about men before that, or boys, not men, boys. Let me, let me ask you a tough question. Did that, yeah. was, did that experience mostly just make you think about, like, that, that maybe you weren't heteronormative or whatever, or did it, was it purely, like, a sexuality thing, or did it also make you question like your masculinity um was it did it did it make you feel less masculine to have that attraction i feel like yes in a sense it did make me feel less i mean i don't know i when i grew I up a hard question. when i was growing up and like there like like i said one of those other factors was like my interests and stuff like that but like having already grown up and experienced some of the the flack that you get for not being like as masculine as some of the other guys your age Uh like just like you know the uh, I mean I don't know in I don't know about everyone but I think that like when I was growing up when I was a kid, the F word, not not the F-U word, but the F-A-G yeah, word, yeah, yeah. was, like, thrown around super, like, super, like, often. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't something, like, when you called someone the F word, it wasn't, like, you genuinely believe that they were that, like, that they were gay, but it right. was kind of, like, just, like, something you it said. It was just an insult. Yeah, it was just an insult that kids said to each other. Right. But then, like, I don't know, I got called that, and I was, like, like I, like, heard on several levels i mean you think that they actually probably hurt other people on several yeah yeah yeah, actually it's funny like okay i'm gonna preface this statement with i love my brother to death like my brother is probably the person who i can tell anything or like i'm closest with Uh in my life typically um but he was probably the first one to like call me the like in the f word uh-huh. um probably because i was like annoying i was annoying him or doing something like really like stupid and he sure, was sure. like you know my room or something i don't know whatever but um i think it's just very interesting because he was probably the first one to call me that in a sense where i was like felt like oh that term like actually does apply to me or like yeah made me actually because i didn't even know what that term meant for a while when people were calling me that. Right. And then I, like, asked my parents, like, what did that word mean? And they, like, explained it to me. Um, but then... I don't know. He was also probably the first person to, like, discover that that was, like, a genuine concern for me, you know? Like... Concern as in... As in... He was the first person to, like... I mean, I don't know. <laughs> he was the first person to find uh, any, like, physical proof of my non-heterosexuality. Sure, sure. 
<laughs> it's just weird to hear you say the word concern about that. <laughs> like, he had to be concerned that you might be gay. Yeah, like, like <laughs> I mean, I, I think it genuinely was, because he found, he found some, like, he found evidence of my, like, homosexual tendencies. tendencies. I don't know. And then, yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> I mean, he found some evidence of that I was not, like, straight, and, like, mm-hmm. the first thing he did was, like, tell our parents. Um, yeah, it was like super, it was a really interesting, by interesting, I mean traumatic. I don't know why I'm trying to censor myself here. It was kind of a traumatic experience. I would imagine. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm sorry that you had to go through that. Um, I don't, I'm, it's, it's interesting that you say that too, because I'm, I felt that way for a long time. I was like, oh, wow, that really, that like was a really crappy, I almost said the S word again. <laughs> that was a really crappy point Tra- in my life. Traumatic, yeah, it's traumatic, <laughs> as you said. Huh? Um, but, I think that um, as I've gotten older, and especially um, I don't want to, I don't want to give people that whole narrative that's been preached before of like, um, oh, it gets better, like things like that. Like that's, that's a very positive message to send to young people. And, like, it gets better. Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, things suck when you're younger. And they'll get better when you're older. And for the most part, that is true. Like, yeah, like, life, like, when it comes to who you genuinely are, you grow into that. And you become who you are. You become more comfortable with who you are. Life doesn't get any easier. I'll tell you that. But, you know... Um, I'm really I'm I, going back to what you were saying. I'm actually it's it sucks, but I'm very appreciative of that experience sure. because it kind of. Um, and I'm sure you don't. Me, I'm sure you don't blame your brother either for no. going to your parents. It was that's a, that's like a. I mean, he was young. That's like a natural reaction. If you don't understand something, you go to your parents. Exactly. No, like so. I will say like. Things have changed. Uh, I mean, he was probably 16 at the time, and I was, like, 12. Mm-hmm. And, like, 16-year-olds are all, like, idiots. Like, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> um, but also, um, he was... He's the person who's defended me the most. Because my parents are still, like, very heavily involved in their faith, and they actually don't at all agree with um, the people who are homosexual or transgender. They don't think it's... Um, I shouldn't say they don't think it's right. They don't, they, don't, they don't feel like it's right for themselves. They don't think that it's something that they um, can get behind or agree with. Um, do they believe that... But they have love for everyone. I do just they believe that, that homosexuality is a choice? Is that, that's like a pretty common Christian... Like, you're choosing to be homosexual? Um. Because that, that's a lot of the times how they justify it as a sin. Whereas if you're born... If, if, if they had to believe that you were born homosexual, it would be harder to call it a sin because then you'd have to go into the whole thing where it's like, oh, God made a mistake then and made you homosexual. 
Yeah. It's like that. I mean, we're gonna get into Christianity at some point, I'm sure. Yeah. But that is a long conversation. Yeah. No, for sure. And that's the. And I think it's really interesting that. Um, a lot of my experiences around masculinity, especially after puberty, do have to do with my sexuality. Sure. Um. But we'll get into it later. But I think it's kind of it was really um really detrimental when i was younger at some point like mm-hmm. those ideas of masculinity like juxtaposed against my sexuality sure. and then as i got older as i grew into myself more it became a little bit more freeing like i feel like as someone who identifies as homosexual um i think my ideas of like what i can do and what's what's masculine what's seen um as i don't know typical for me or seen as like i don't feel like i need to um inhibit my feminine tendencies in any not in any way because every, everyone still feels that kind of in some time and place but i just feel less of that than i did when i was younger you think it so uh man that's so interesting you think uh like accepting that you are not uh heterosexual made it easier to accept your feminine tendencies yeah because they're that's, I, I definitely that's so agree. interesting that's i mean uh, i think that if you speak to a lot of i mean i guess it makes sense but yeah i feel like if you speak to a lot of people who are part of the the lgbtqitaxyz <laughs> uh-huh. community yeah um I feel like that's one thing that um, is like a freeing moment for people. Yeah, I mean, once you realize that um, your your um, your sexuality, your your brain, your something about you doesn't fit into the heteronormative narrative mm-hmm. of the world in general. Um, it's really traumatic when you're younger and you're like, you're doing your, I mean, some, for some people, this may be true for some people. This may not be true for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I, I think that we've made a lot of strides where a lot of families, a lot of family units feel very comfortable with however their kids express themselves when they're four or five, six, you hear about these amazing experiences of, young kids pre-puberty like Mm. having feelings and knowing that they're transgender and their parents being like super supportive of that and like um i think that those narratives are becoming even more commonplace these days and i think that's really cool i'd like Um, to think that's true yeah um but going back to me it was like first when you experience these thoughts um about not being normal in some sort of way you try and do your best to hide that you like try and do your best to be like 
I mean, for me, it was like being like super tough and like like you know oh, like really? wearing, wearing like baggy clothes and like trying to fit in. So and you trying did to, try to like. Yeah, yeah. I like tried to. I tried to repress that when I was like wow. younger, and like I went because it's like you wanted friends. Like honestly, yeah, like yeah. no one, like no one, like there was not one person who I knew all the way up through high school who came out in any kind of way as like non-heterosexual yeah and like i know people now who are from my high school like the same age as me who have come out uh-huh but um, waited but yeah like waited just like me like i wasn't gonna like sure. shout it from the rooftops or anything yeah um, why, i also went to a catholic why high school make your high school life even more complicated than exactly. it already is yeah and I mean, I don't think I did that. I think I did that mostly throughout middle school and junior high and then, like, part of high school. And then when I was getting a little bit more comfortable with myself my senior year, Uh junior and senior year, and, like, knowing that I was going off to college and knowing that I was, um, like, this wasn't the end-all, be-all. Like, I'm not going to see these people for, like, I don't know. I'm going to be moving out of seeing these high school and how did college people treat every you? day um what was college was i th- see it's really interesting because i i had I, my time in college was super um it was like super freeing and like super uh, like i was able to to meet people who were very much like me mm-hmm. um i mean meet people who are very much different from me too um yeah college is a wide spectrum <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh and you you sort of you feel like you can i feel like this is like a, a, what a lot of people do when they go off the, or not do but how a lot of people feel they feel like they can um really be who they are like change into yeah. who like you know, like... Yeah, it's like the first time you don't feel like your parents are immediately over your shoulder. Yeah. You know, watching everything you're doing. Yeah. I mean, how, what was... How did you feel? Did you... Like, when it came to um, your, like, ideas of um, who you were in high school versus, like what you wanted to be after high school or what you wanted to be in college. Did you feel any different about that? Or had you already felt very, like, secure in that before? (laughs) I still don't feel very secure in that. I mean, none of us... I mean, part of the reason why we're doing this podcast is none of us are super secure in, like... Exactly. The, like, masculine and feminine qualities that we exhibit. But did you feel any more free in that sense when when you went... To college? No, I don't think I did. I think college made things worse for me to some extent. I think I had grown up in such a, and I, I don't know. I, I, it's not, it's not even so much that I grew up in a really conservative um, faith or anything like that. I, I, a lot of it, I think, was my own parameters that I had set for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely saw things very black and white at that age, and going to college and seeing all these heathen people, you know, (laughs) as I thought of it at the time, you know, it was like, it was like a crazy culture shock, and and I think it put me into like a, 
much worse place. Okay. Because it was, I mean, in at the time, but it was definitely necessary. Yeah. It was definitely like a culture shock that was like, okay, now I can, you know, process this and understand. The that, bubble is broken. Right. And then I was like, okay, not everybody is like me. Yeah. You know, not everything is black and white. A lot of it, <laughs> pretty much everything is gray. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I never struggled with my, I never struggled with the idea of sexuality until very recently. Okay. As you, as you are pretty aware. Yeah. Um, I, d- I didn't tell this story on the podcast uh, at all, but. Yeah. Uh, would you would you like me to tell it? I don't want to come and do no no I, I, no this is not this is not my episode this is our episode um, this is I don't know I think that you should it, it's a short share story. yeah no share a short story. feel free to share however you want to share. No, basically on my twenty sixth birthday, I was. Laying in the bathtub as I want to do, because I do all my thinking in the bathtub. Great place. And uh, sexuality just became more great for me. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't like I all of a sudden realized that I was in love with a man or. For sure. Had any of those sort of immediate emotions or anything like that it was more so this is possible yeah um i've i've let myself believe one way this all all of my life up to this point Mm -hmm. but there's nothing stopping me from changing that (laughs) (laughs) uh and I, i i guess i would say it was freeing you know maybe like this past year or so because uh, I'm only 27 now, yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess it's 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 still something. I mean, now it's gray, so now I feel yeah. like I have to struggle with it more. But at the same time, oh okay. Well, you know, struggle might not be the right word. Um, it's more at the, it's more something that you have to think about. Yeah, it's 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 like a whole new idea. It's I would say explore. Yeah, is, is the right is probably the right word. Okay, um, I have to explore the idea that sexuality is not black and white. Yeah, for sure. That it is gray. And like, I think that that's one thing that um, the past. I would say, just like the thought process of the past. Um, like century has kind of been like pushing itself towards it's like taking these things that we definitely thought were super black and white and mm-hmm. super like like the masculine and feminine like the, right. the the um i don't know black people versus not versus black people and white people <laughs> well, let's not put that <laughs> out say, there yeah, like, was, uh, no 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 black, I mean, Versus in the sense of, like, of yeah. looking at it in different right, perspectives. Right. I know what you But, mean. like, black people and white people and... Or black... Or white people and people of color. And then, um... Yeah. Uh, male and female. Like, mm-hmm. these are all things 
Like, like, of course we already knew that, like, race is super, like, not definitive. Like, there's so many people out there who are, don't prescribe to one um, culture or race, sure. either because of their parentage or because of the way they were raised. Um, and yeah, then... It gets real tricky. Yeah. And then there's, um, like, especially starting with the feminist movement, the ideas of what women were supposed to be doing within society and women, like, bucking hard against that, mm-hmm. whether it was voting rights or female reproduction or jobs or pay, like, anything like that. Like, these are all things that have, like, become a lot more, like, moved into a more gray area. Mm-hmm. Um, and super recently with the idea of... Um, the trans community having a much larger voice within like the media and stuff and like the idea that the male versus again not versus as in fighting but male no, yeah. a male as compared to female um storyline that is told like you're born male you're born female mm-hmm. there that's yeah. becoming yeah. not a not a thing that people are seeing anymore. Um, right. It's becoming more gray, like you just said. So I think that that's... I think that, personally, I think that that's a really great thing. Some people see it as, um, you know, the breakdown of our, our moral whatever. But, like, it's really... I think it's really interesting to talk to people who feel that way because it's, it's like... Yeah, I'm, like, very excited to learn about I feel like a lot of the problem um, with people thinking that the idea of transgender is the breakdown of whatever is a lack of understanding so I'm very much looking forward to learning as much as I possibly can about that subject for sure I think it's something I think because I feel pretty ignorant on it Myself, even I, though yeah, I definitely don't feel like it's the breakdown of civilization. Yeah. Oh no, I didn't mean. I didn't. <laughs> I, when I said that, I didn't. I was encompassing all of those things. Like not, no, no, not yeah. just trans, not just the idea of being transgender, but also like the 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 breakdown of like the, the female of, archetype, the breakdown and of gender like, roles, the and, breakdown of yeah. gender roles, the yeah, breakdown. Yeah. Basically, the idea that masculinity and femininity isn't a a lock and key kind of thing, you right. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's definitely more, uh, like, and it has been for so long. Like, like it, this is this is the breakdown of our like Puritan ideals here in here in Western American <laughs> society. Yeah. Whereas, like, there have been so many cultures before us that didn't hold those same qualms about gender roles or right. sexuality or or even even mm-hmm. transgender or yeah. just the idea of assigning gender to one specific sex you know what i mean yeah and those are definitely things that th- those are definitely the people that we need to be learning from yeah um yeah i find that so fascinating those are the things that i've been like looking at 
especially in the time since I've started, since I had that realization that sexuality is more gray, mm-hmm. I've definitely been like looking for instances where uh, I could find people that related to that. I don't know. The, yeah. weird, the weird thing is I went to mythology. Yeah. <laughs> and like looked at like the story of Hercules and or Heracles, however you, you know, however you want to call them. And, and the idea that all these extremely masculine men, you know, had male, male lovers. Yeah. yeah. Um, the idea of the cupbearer and like Yeah, I just Greek find mythology. it so fascinating that like th- the manly man Hercules, that, you know, everyone would say is, like, the masculine man had a a male lover, you know? Yeah. It's, like, so fascinating to me. And I think a lot of it is because that didn't take away from his masculinity, you know? Um, And I feel like a lot of people would say that that is what should have happened. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. if if you're a manly man and you were to have a relationship with a, with another man, I think a lot of people would try and take away your masculine card. Yeah. And I yeah disagree with that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's 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 so true, and it's um, I think that it's really uh, it's really indicative of what we see as masculine in our society and like mm-hmm. um the ideals of masculinity automatically align themselves with like um i i mean of course like being with a woman and like have like the idea of like having a female as your partner mm-hmm. um but also, I'm trying to figure out exactly what I'm trying to say here. Like, <clears throat> the idea of men's sexuality and men's, like, um, it's a very masculine characteristic to be um, sort of, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word, like, to be very, very sexually, <laughs> very sexually active and very, like, very... Um, like pursuing of women and uh-huh. like being like like I just my brain just keeps on going back to the term manslut but like that's not what I want to say on this podcast <laughs> yeah. um, you just said it so let's uh, move forward <laughs> uh, but like you know like men who are who are very very um, like men who are extremely sexually active or have multiple sexual partners who are women aren't aren't, aren't thought of aren't thought of as they're thought of as being more masculine right yeah whereas women who have multiple sexual partners are considered less feminine sure and like like it's a it's a masculine characteristic to be promiscuous Mm -hmm. um and it's a feminine characteristic to be chaste you know what i mean right um but yeah i just think that uh I think that in our society, like, the LGBTQ community is, is, I don't, they're not, like, pushing, but, like, it's showing the counter-narrative to that, like, you know what I mean, like, like, 
two dads and their kids or like two moms and their kids like mm-hmm. it's like super um it's not something that people think of when they thought of like homosexuality at least when it was becoming something that was people were fighting for and people were like pushing to the forefront of the national political stage mm-hmm. um but yeah i think it's really it's really great that those ideals are hopefully changing and the whole like like one of the coolest things i think um that happens in multiple cities is uh the slut walk like it's like this huge community of typically women but like really anyone who wants to like proclaim that they're their sexuality, whether it's being promiscuous or being abstinent or being whoever they want to be as who they are in in a in a gender or sexual sense doesn't define who they are as a person and like taking back that term slut and like mm-hmm. oh you're a girl who has multiple sexual partners that's a great thing <laughs> like that's <laughs> awesome like that's cool but like I mean I know that that's not the way that everyone feels but I think that personally well, it's taught to it's taught to feel yeah yeah that's not how our society views like that's the why that's the reason why the term slut is a thing and that's right. the reason why they use that term slut with that movement of mm-hmm. like taking back that term and being like Wow, I my my sexuality doesn't make up who I am as a person. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, hopefully this will be the last podcast where it's just the hosts. Yeah, um, I want to talk to some people. I want to. I want people yeah. to tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, that's I'm, what I need right now. Sure. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm really glad that we got to have this talk, though. I I, I feel like I even learned some things about you, which is really cool. Um, and I I assume I'll continue to learn about you as we, of course. even even as we talk I to other people. We, yeah, that's um, our goal here. But I think you've also brought up some great ideas especially for people that we could bring in um people of all different cultures uh lgbt maybe we could find someone from the slut walk i don't know yeah yeah um, no i feel i mean i know i i'm sure that we can find someone who's participated in the slut walk before yeah so i think we have a lot to look forward to uh is is there anything else you wanted to get out there before we um i'm just really excited to do this i think that this is um gonna be a great way for both of us to um really help break down and like actually see not only like other people in the world but see ourselves a little bit more clearly and like how we how we understand our whole our our masculinity and our femininity i sure hope so so that's literally why we started this podcast was to learn um yeah so thank you so much for 
uh, agreeing to this. Thank you for inviting me. I'm of course. very ready. I'm ready <laughs> for the journey. We had plenty of conversations prior to even the idea of the podcast that uh, it made sense. So, um, and again, Nick, Nick will still be around, I hope. Uh, yeah, I really want to... Maybe mean, we can have all three of us. Yeah, I, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I want to I wanna have a conversation with all three of us. Yeah, sure. that'd be great. Um, so, thanks so much for listening to this one. Um, we are going to try our best to... This, this will be like the December month podcast, and then we should, we should be able to get somebody by January. Uh, we should have a nice uh, interview and jump right into that and hopefully that just continues from here on out we just keep getting good interviews with yeah. interesting people and whoever's whoever's out there listening if yeah. you have if you want to join this conversation <laughs> we very much invite you to i think it'll be really cool to speak with someone who who wants to wants to join this conversation yeah. and maybe even wants to give us a little bit of a push in the right direction wants to, yeah, we want to, talk wants to, to disagree with some of the things that we're saying here sure. wants to have a genuine debate so I, I think that that's something that I'm interested in too yeah we have we have an email uh, I will continue to put it in the description of every episode that we put up uh obviously feel free to send us your complaints or if you compliments hopefully you know either one either one we're anticipating a lot more complaints but compliments hopefully yeah we do have self-esteem issues (laughs) anyway um yeah uh it's been great thanks so much for listening and we will see you next month.